Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to the City Bites podcast. Meg here from Foodie Indie. And Kate from Into Indie. We are so excited to be back. We've had quite a busy few months. Yes, we but have. But we are back at it. We've got quite the list of intriguing guests coming up. So without further ado, we're about to toast with a feel-good soda and get started. Today we have Matt and Skylar from Circle City Kombucha. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Thank you. So we want to know a little bit more about your personal backgrounds and kind of, you know, how you got into kombucha. Yeah, so I started drinking kombucha, I'd say 10 years ago. My mom uh, introduced me to it. And at first, I was not all that impressed with it. It definitely was a bit of an acquired taste for me. Um, And eventually, I was drinking it almost daily and got to a point where, you know, $80, $100 a month is kind of a lot to spend on kombucha. And I had a good roommate that came home one day with a SCOBY and said, hey, let's, uh, let's give this a shot. And... It took us a while to actually start making decent stuff. It turned out pretty bad to start, to be honest. Then uh, it just kind of took off. It was an on and off thing for a while. Uh, we we would kind of put it away in the refrigerator and then bring it back out like a few months later and start a new batch. Did you have a go-to flavor or just kind of however it came out? You know, pomegranate was popular early on and is now one of our house flavors, as we like to call it. And uh, I've worked on, or I had pineapple pretty frequently mm-hmm. as well. Uh, that's a little more difficult to work with than pomegranate. Uh, most citruses are, I've found. Um, aside from that, it, you know, we just eventually met Matt uh, through Rolls Royce, and I had lived in India a few, or sorry, visited India a few times through our other co-founder, Freddie. And he visited Portland one day and was like, hey, you've got a good thing going on here with kombucha. Have you thought about doing something with it? And I was like, yeah, actually I have. And uh, yeah, then we we ended up here making kombucha. Yeah. You wanna it's kind of where, it's kinda where our paths converge. So uh, for me, I didn't really know what this funky tea stuff was until I met Skylar. I was, when they approached me about this, I remember not being able to pronounce it and <laughs> immediately going out to the grocery store. This is probably 2013, uh, 2013, 2014 and going out to the grocery store and buying a bunch of kombucha and trying all of it and saying, I'm not sure about this guy. It tastes like funky tea and don't really know where the future is on this. But, um, I had been in Indy for about, uh, three or four years at that time and had seen the, just, Honestly, when I first moved to India, I thought it was going to be like a six to 12 month stint. I was working a corporate lifestyle, moving to a new city every year or two with my career, uh, and really didn't invest a lot in India when I first got here, but uh, very quickly started to realize there was something cool happening here. And I, I talk about this all the time, and I won't go into a ton of detail, but um, for me, it's a mixture of India's a huge pay it forward culture. And immediately from the day I got here, uh, just met fantastic people that in most other cities I would have never had access to. Um, and these are people who gave me advice or a helping hand along the way uh, in my own career that uh, I, you know, I'm forever indebted to. And I just have asked how I can help these folks. And they're like, just do it for someone else down the road when you're successful. So um, 
that's something that I never had anywhere else. And then the second thing was just the, the sheer culinary, cultural, musical, like so much was happening in Indy, you know, right around the Super Bowl time. And it's just continued to escalate since then mm-hmm. that I just fell in love. I mean, I, I really love this city. And, uh, you know, having been a nomad for five years previous to that, this is now my home, right? I mean, this is this is where I'm at. And uh, through that process, I got started getting really involved with like nonprofits and some breweries and other businesses in the city and just learned a lot about how to help startup businesses happen. So when Freddie introduced Skylar and I, it was kind of the perfect time for both of us where Skylar was uh, brewing kombucha on a pretty large scale, thinking about turning it into a much bigger business. I had a lot of experience helping people in those situations to build their business. And uh, it took us about a year of talking with Skylar still living in Portland before we figured out like, we're going to make kombucha happen in the Midwest. You know, the more we talked about it, the more we thought about how, again, the culinary scene was developing, the health scene was developing. We're like Indianapolis and Indiana as a whole are ripe for this. uh, And we're the right people to do it. So that's when Skylar said, Hey, I'm going to move to Indy. He basically left his job, left his, you know, 10 years of experience there in Oregon and moved out here. And that's when Circle City Kombucha happened. Um, It wasn't like a, there was never like, a, I don't think a one decision point where we're like, okay, it's go. It's, it was a, a year of conversation and writing a business plan and trying different kombuchas and seeing where we thought there was opportunity. And uh, I think Skylar drove out here Memorial Day weekend of what, 2014, 2015? Yeah, it'll be three years, like, so 2015. Yeah. I remember he showed up in his Subaru. Uh, was it Subaru Forester? Yeah. With, with <laughs> it, full of like, you know, I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy, he definitely came from Oregon. Uh, and so we've we very much so turned him into a Midwesterner. But it was yeah. it was my license plate uh, said in Oregon it's three numbers, three letters, and in the middle on the plate there's a tree, and it was five two five HGS, so tree hugs, which I <laughs> oh thought was God. very. Portland and I have a pretty, yeah. I have a pretty tough love personality. So since day one, I've just given Skylar a lot of crap about everything he does, which is why we're good partners. But uh, that was a good start. There was uh, my my Oregon business partner showing up in a Subaru Forester with his tree hugger license plates. So oh, that's yeah. amazing. Now we're here. It sounds like you belong on Portlandia. That's a funny show. Yeah, that's good. There's oh, Portlandia. We could go. We could go far into that. <laughs> Okay, so like when you're here, you've come here, you're using it for testing everything for a year, building it. How did you test the market in Indianapolis? Like there's, was there other kombuchas when you guys were starting? Like, I mean, now you walk into the grocery store and a kombucha has basically like five shelves dedicated to only kombucha. So what was it? I don't even remember what it was like. I didn't even know what kombucha was then. Maybe some Marsh, some Kroger. And of course, Whole Foods had it and, you know, it was mostly national brands, but there were a few out in front of us or a couple at least, um, just kind of getting their, their toes wet, I'd say, trying to figure it out. This is is an important part of what makes us different. And, you know, our goal is to make kombucha normal for the Midwest. I mean, that's like everything, every decision we make as a business is, uh, is to make kombucha normal for the Midwest. And what a lot of kombucha companies have done really well and we admire is make fantastic product. Like Mm -hmm. when you go into Whole Foods and they've got 60 brands on the shelf, most of those are good. Like we actually genuinely enjoy them. The the problem is that the kombucha industry right now is really staying focused on a target market, which is, you know, important when you're building an industry. But uh, we're looking at a whole different perspective, which is who are all these people in the Midwest that have either never heard of kombucha or have tried it and been turned off by it because of whatever that reason might be. 
Uh, so what we're doing is we're, we're doing things like you've seen around the city, draft kombucha at bars, kombucha yeah. cocktails, kombucha, uh, you know, on uh, employers. So when you, you know, you're at work and you want to go get a, a drink down in the lobby, you can either pick a Coke or a kombucha. We're trying to make it normal like Coke and Pepsi. Um, and it's, it's a little bit of a different approach than what the rest of the industry is doing. And so um, when we started, no one was doing it. No one's really doing it now. And again, we're just trying to make it normal. It reminds me of a time I, w- I was up in Chicago, like right when I first got to Indy, and I was at some event, and they had a few different booths and some live music and stuff. And there was a there was a woman that had kombucha, and it was called Frog Juice, and that is kind of plays into what Matt's saying. Like, there's been this kind of one static mind about who drinks kombucha, and that that's that representation of it, like. The hippy dippy calling it frog Granola. juice, yeah, 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 calling it frog juice, and yeah. to me that just doesn't make sense at all. Like this is something that is a good part of anyone's diet, and that's just a turn off. Yeah, I get asked a lot of the times, like, oh, what do you, who do you guys, who's your normal demographic that buys your kombucha? And it's really funny because a farmer's market is the best example for me of who buys our kombucha. And uh, at the start, I think we tried to target a little bit and say, okay, it's going to be someone wearing athletic gear or someone you know who is in that hippy dippy area but we get people that are well above retirement age who don't look like they drink kombucha that are actually some of our top our top fans that bring five growlers a week to get refills we get we do get athletes we get uh i mean you you can't look at someone and know if they're going to be a kombucha drinker especially here in indiana i mean we we see the full gamut Mm -hmm. and the only commonality is we believe that hoosiers are looking to make easy healthy decisions we don't want to go out and spend six hours trying to you know, handpick a bunch of little things to make a healthy beverage. But if there's a healthy beverage, Hoosiers are going to pick it over a Coke. And that's something I've seen. Um, and we believe that's going to happen across the Midwest too. But um, that wasn't something people were doing previously. It was, we're going to sell kombucha to a very specific uh, type of person. And Circle City Kombucha is going after the rest. Okay, so you're at a farmer's market or you're at an event and someone comes up to you and says, what is kombucha? What's your go-to response? How do you... Easily explain it to them mm-hmm. and draw them into, you know, your brand. At its core, kombucha is a fermented tea. Uh, it's very similar to making beer. Uh, the difference is that the byproduct of making beer is ethanol, which gives you a buzz. The byproduct of making kombucha is probiotics and other enzymes that are good for your stomach and digestive system. Uh, but it's really not about that. The best thing about kombucha is that it's fizzy. It tastes good. It's all organic ingredients. Uh, and there's nothing bad in it for you. So when you go think about grabbing a Coke or a Red Bull or a juice or a wine or a coffee or a beer or anything else on that list, and you see this other product on the shelf that's fizzy, tastes good, and it has additional health benefits, why wouldn't you try it? Okay, well, my one question, though. I, I drink kombucha, but for those who – I've had a couple of friends who will try it for the first time, and they drink too much of it, and they don't feel so great. What, what, how does that all work? I think when you're new to just about anything, um, in this case probiotics, yeah, you need to start slow and work your way into drinking a lot of it. So like a bottle to start with or I, half a bottle? I mean, it's person or... to person. I'd say to be safe, you should be at like four or six ounces to okay. start in a day. And, and that's then, usually what we recommend yeah. at, a, at a market when we talk to right. new customers. Yeah, so, you know, it's like at this age, you have two or three beers, you're probably okay. If you had two or three beers for the first time when you were Right, you're probably on the floor. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so the probiotics. So you're new to them. So what 
are the benefits of the probiotics for someone who's not had kombucha and they're asking me what it is and it's like oh it has probiotics in it. and they're like well why like, that's, like that's, that's just doesn't that's, that's just the you know, same as you telling me you're drinking kombucha oh you're drinking probiotics i still don't know right so digestive health immune support anti-inflammatory antifungal antibacterial against the bad bacteria uh are the the big ones right off the bat. Yeah, probiotics are bacteria. I mean, it's healthy bacteria. Good bacteria. Right? Right. Good bacteria. It's, I mean, there's a reason why people have been eating fermented foods and drinking fermented uh, beverages for uh, thousands of years. I mean, it's this is one of the oldest uh, crafts and food that, that's still in existence. And it's fermented foods have all these holistic health benefits. And we're not doctors. You know, we don't ever go out and tell anyone, hey, this is going to cure this or it's going to make this impact for you. But we do have a number of customers who <laughs> have testimonies and will share a lot of those things. And for us, what we say is, is, hey, you know, there's a lot out there about why these healthy bacteria, these bacteria are healthy for you. Um, it's also got acetic acid, which is an amino acid and B vitamins and all these other things. And again, the downside is you just drank a fizzy drink with uh, organic fruits and maybe some things that are good for you. So mm-hmm. it's for me, it's there's just why, gra- why grab that Coke that has high fructose corn syrup and however many other ingredients that got manufactured halfway around the world when you could have something crafted a couple miles down the street that's all organic and fresh. So on the note of manufacturing it, how hard is it to brew your own kombucha? It's it's pretty straightforward. It's easier than beer or wine, I learned. Okay. Yeah, and I do teach class in how to do that. Uh, yeah, great fermentations and hoity-toity post classes. Did you guys have, besides, I know that you made it at home, but when you went to a commercial level, did either of you have any experience manufacturing, or was it kind of just you knew enough to get you to the next step, and then you figured it out along the way? We, uh, so my background, my corporate background was in manufacturing, and I built manufacturing facilities for a big chunk of my corporate career so um we had we had a lot of just building off what skylar said we love teaching people how to homebrew kombucha because it isn't it really isn't that tough to to do the brew it's all of the other things that come with it it's checking it every day to test the ph and making sure it doesn't go bad and to clean up and everything and as you industrialize that's where it gets hard um and so we like teaching homebrewers because it gives them a flavor of what they're buying when they do buy our kombucha and it teaches them to really appreciate the craft but it's, uh, it actually promote. we believe it promotes our brand. The more people making kombucha, talking about it, um, it it's actually a good thing for us. Uh, but as you industrialize, it's investment, it's equipment, it's people, mm-hmm. it's branding. It's, uh, the, don't tell Skylar I said this, but the making the kombucha <laughs> is the easy part. <laughs> the, the, what comes with it is, is the hard part. And, uh, stakes, yeah. you know? But that's the fun part is, you know, for us, every, we have a mission, which is to make kombucha normal. And so as we, get bigger and we grow and these problems come up like we just keep reminding ourselves this is what we asked for we're we're, we're on a mission this is not this is like we take it very seriously and so when these little problems come up it's got to solve that got to solve that on to the next one and uh, it just kind of becomes a habit after a period yeah and we've had some we've had great support within the community as well to help us on this journey because you know i i did have limited experience i had friends who were brewers i had a really good friend that uh basically ran like Stumptown coffees cold brew in portland and here we got some help from sun the guys at sun king have been great to us fantastic mentors yeah Yeah, that's that's the one thing about the indianapolis business community and it's food and beverage definitely but even if you extend beyond that is we uh we have been given so much help from business owners whether it's people who have helped us find equipment or a marketing connection or i mean i I, the list goes on and on but uh i'm I'm sure that maybe happens other places but i was in shock at the the willingness of 
of other businesses to help you for no other reason than just to see you succeed. Yeah, I, I'm still on shock about that too. Like it's never like a you owe me one culture. Right. No, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a big little town, you mm-hmm. know, big big little city. I mean, it's everyone somehow knows everyone, or you know, oh, I know someone so through this person, or you live nearby me. And I love that you know watching the growth in Indianapolis over the past 20 years has just been amazing. And, and to, to see other people give back to other, you know, makers, it's just really cool to watch. Right. And I always wonder when I watch, like, those House of Cards shows or whatever, and it's always like, the, I did this for you, you owe me one. And I'm like, I wonder <laughs> yeah. if that's actually real life because so many people have done favors for us. And maybe I've never politics. Maybe politics, for sure. You know what I'm trying to say, though, is that I just... There's no because, score here. Yeah, there's, there isn't that. It's Everyone's it's, trying to build each other up, and, and that builds a strong unit yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, I, I think we see that in our own hobby, you know, as hoodies and as, you know, like I have a blog and I have other blogger friends and a lot of what we see, to quote one of my favorite podcasters, Jenna Kutcher, is collaboration over competition. You know, more of how can we both work together, whether it's in an event setting, you know, you and another business, mm-hmm. you know, or how, you know, how can we complement each other to, you know, the tide rise, it, it brings up all the ships mm-hmm. rather than just, you know, competing constantly against each other going head to head, you know, how do you make it positive and how do you, you know, continue to support everyone? So I, I, we find that a lot around here and I think that's, it's important and it's a really good mindset to have to continue to grow community. Yeah. So, um, on the note of being in the community, you guys are out and about in a lot of different community events, the markets, what markets are you looking at this summer? So... The farmer's markets are core to what we do, and we're still working through the application process for the summer, but we will definitely be at Carmel and Fishers uh, full-time, which we did last summer, and uh, we'll be at Broad Ripple at least every other weekend, probably more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll also be, for, which is a new market for us, at the Indy Downtown Original Market oh. on Wednesdays, uh, which is a fantastic market yeah. that we weren't able to do last year just because of timing constraints. Uh, we're also looking at a number of uh, of the additional markets around the state. So we're in conversations with Greenwood and uh, Lafayette and Muncie, and you know we are part of our mission is to be b- bigger than Indianapolis. You know we need to we want to support Indiana, and so last year we really stayed focused on our, our you know the, the city around us. But we're starting to branch out into some of those new markets because we want to meet we want to meet our fellow Hoosiers that are there and meet them on their turf and talk about kombucha and share the same knowledge like we got to do last summer. So mm-hmm. uh, it's not all locked in stone yet, but we're trying to make sure we're hitting the areas that we missed last year. And yeah. we're, we're going to continue building on that to make this movement an even bigger thing. That's exciting. It's, you know, growing pains. You want to be a hundred places at once and you know, it's, yeah, figuring make, out how to get there. Make no mistake for any, any, uh, you know, aspiring food entrepreneur, uh, out there, Farmer's market's a big commitment. You know, it's every Saturday from 8 to 12. So, Absolutely. you know, yes. especially if you're making yeah. fresh food. So, we, you know, we're in the we're in the beverage space. But if you're making, you know, you're thinking about barbecue or triscuits or whatever, you know, you're up late on Friday night baking. And then you're up at 5 a.m. getting ready for the farmer's market. And then you're setting up, selling for four hours, tearing down, and you're not home till 2, 3 p.m. So it's yeah. uh, it makes for I, a fun weekend. Yeah, I forget who it is, but there's someone at Carmel who has never missed a market. A years. shopper or a vendor? A vendor. Oh, that is wow. impressive. I can't even, I yeah. mean, I try, but I can't even commit to going every Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Just as a I, consumer. Yeah, it is hard. Like, you know, it's, yeah, but I do when I can, so it's fun. And the, the farmer's markets, like I said, are the core of what we do, but we also participate in uh, so many different events because, honestly, 
we sell a product that most people in Indiana have never heard of. You know, like the reality is I believe 95% of Hoosiers have, haven't tried it. Um, and so the farmer's markets are big, but, but the more that we uh, can go out and participate in beer festivals or food festivals or uh, golf tournaments, I mean, we're, we're, we're really trying to get out and, again, meet people on their home turf because that's where we're going to be able to educate. Yeah. On that note, the feel-good soda. So when I first ran into you guys, it was at a Yelp event mm-hmm. at Coach Hat Coffee. That's where I had first learned about you. First, and yeah. I'm, that was your first that event? Was your first I was there! <laughs> Mystery. Yeah, yeah. But one thing I did, you know, I'm trying to tag you on my Instagram, like, feel good soda. And I'm like, what's going on? Circle. No, I think I typed in Circle City Kombucha, and you're not coming up. So where did the feel good soda, like, making that connection with people that don't have it, was that your thinking? Yeah, I mean, that was part of our talks before I even moved to Indy. Um, I was like, if we're doing this in the Midwest, people don't know what kombucha is. We need to have something familiar. A tagline That's a something. big, yeah. big thing for brand awareness. Yeah. It's a brilliant name. Well, let us let us turn this around on YouTube and say, what do you think about Feel Good Soda? Yeah. Do you think it's a, a, a value add to our brand, or does the word soda detract uh, from a potential consumer? I, I like Feel Good Soda because I think you look at it, and once you look at the packaging, you realize it is kombucha. I think if you showed, you put them out in front of, you know, like, my family drinks a lot of soda. If you put it out in front of my family, they're going to go, what's kombucha? But, ooh, what's a soda? Like, let me read a little bit more about it. You know, it's happy. It's, you know, I, I think it's a really smart way to target new consumers, not just people who are in the kombucha realm. Mm-hmm. you disagree, Maya? I always like the feel-good soda. The, oh, well, is it soda? No, it's kombucha. And then the question of what's kombucha, that comes up. So it leads them to the really where you want them to go. Yeah. I mean, if you want that additional conversation, it's there and it's happening. So no, it's I'd say 50-50. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exactly where we are on it. Right. So again, we, we are 100% definite in our mission, which is to make kombucha normal in the Midwest. Uh, a lot of companies are very strict about their brand. We're actually pretty flexible because in reality, if we're going to make it normal, we're going to have to be flexible to, again, reach people sure. on their home turf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, we find ourselves almost every month saying, is Feel Good Soda still the right direction? Or is, yeah. or, or is there a point where you need to pivot because, you know, you're in a fresh time grocery store and you go see a bottle on the shelf and it says soda. And you don't want to take – the average consumer is like soda. No, exactly, don't drink yeah. It. Uh, when, did we miss a, a potential con- convert that may have drank our kombucha or tried yeah. it out for the first time? And so we're – that's just one side. of The other side is it actually does a great job of helping people say it's – it's fizzy like a soda. It tastes good like a soda, but it's healthy, you know. Is there yeah. sugar in it like soda? Is it... Yeah. Well, how sugar, does that work? Sugar's part of the fermentation, okay. just like beer or wine. Uh, our raw kombucha has virtually no sugar left left over from that first ferment. Um, when but you add in, in comparison juice, to, like, a, a Coke? Oh, it's a fraction. I mean, we're hitting, like, eight, seven, eight grams of sugar in a 12-ounce serving. And 40 to 50. Yeah, sodas mm-hmm. are in the 40s typically. And the juices other, are in the 20s typically. And it's really important too that I think America is getting a little bit obsessed with the word added sugar because in reality there's so many types of sugar. And organic cane sugar, for instance, like what's used in most kombucha or natural sugar that occurs in fruits uh, is actually easily digestible by the human body. And if, if used in moderation isn't bad for you, it's the high fructose manufactured corn syrups and these very complex sugars uh, that are really the things people should be concerned with. But uh, there's just there's a little bit of misconception in the market out there that we run into every day, which is like, 
cutting out sugar completely isn't the answer. It's looking at the types of things that you're putting in your body. Right. Well, and I, I think people understand like sugar. Oh, like candy, like sweets. But when you hear like high fructose, I can't even say the word fructose. 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 Or, or fructose. Or fructose. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you, I mean, I can, I can barely pronounce it. Let alone most people probably don't know what it is since they don't know what it is and ignorance is bliss or look, whatever. Look, look it up on Google. Just say raw fructose. Yeah. And it's, right. It's and it's, but it's similar to, you know, when you, when you pick up, you know, a food item at the grocery store and if you look at it, and if you can't understand like what's in your cereal, if you can't understand, you know, if it's some crazy chemical name, why are you eating it? Right. Like why would you put something in your body that you don't know? And that's what we really like about, I, I personally really like about what the whole 30 movement's doing is, you know, there's been so many diet fads in the past where it's like, eat these portions or this meal or, you know, whatever it might be. But what I like about, I, I haven't done Whole30 personally to be transparent, but what I like about it is they're saying, just look at the label. Like, to, to your point, yeah, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't uh, pronounce the word on the label, you probably shouldn't eat it. And so I think that's something that's cool. And also, even what you're doing with this podcast is great because it's education. You know, the consumer needs to be educated. And oftentimes the marketing that you're getting on the television or from the food company directly is trying to get you to buy their product, not really trying to get all you to natural. understand. Yeah. yeah. The, because yeah. when you see all natural, you see even organic. There's a lot of words. That's a big kick right now. Yeah. They're like their green label. And yeah, Red Bull's yeah. doing it too. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So be, be a skeptic, read the label, uh, and be informed about what you're putting in your body. So it's kombucha Whole30 compliant. So our fruit flavors are? Okay. Uh, technically, we're added sugar for ginger, lemon, and peach blossom. Um, so is that something you advertise, or if you just kind of you kind of just pick up on your own when you're looking at it, like you know, I can't have. We talked sugar. about adding Whole30 compliant to our label. We're actually going right. through a label redesign right now. Okay. The reason, uh, so Whole30, as long as there's no added sugar, you can have it. So like our pomegranate kombucha, the sweetener in the kombucha is the pomegranate. So it's it's just naturally occurring. Uh, fruit. What a concept! A naturally sweet. Right. It's just it's just it's just a little fruit, uh, because there's not really any or very small amount of naturally occurring sugars in ginger root and lemon. Um, we do put some organic cane sugar in to help make that uh, fermentation happen in the mm-hmm. gingerette. So there's there's a small amount in there. So we just we're transparent, saying, hey, it is not whole thirty compliant. It is all natural sugars, though. You know, they're organic cane sugars. And yeah, it's low process compared to a lot of the stuff that's on the market. So those sweeter flavors, and that my favorite flavor is the ginger lemon. So now I'm learning that there is added sugar in it, right? Okay. Yeah, and that's to get it to the level of our other fruit. Okay. It's still not, probably healthy. It's just, still uh, yeah. it, uh, it's delicious. So in more sugar than you would from a pomegranate. Okay. Yeah. Good to know yeah. then. Good yeah. to know. It's actually less on. Yeah. 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 Um, so how do you come up with your new flavors? Do people suggest it has, them? It's just yeah, like it's whatever. Like, I'll try this. It's organic. Like, it's it, organic. It just, <laughs> just kind of happens. Uh, yeah, we've got a good group that contributes. Uh-huh. You know, hey, have you thought about doing this? Yeah. That? So we'll play around with some of those ideas. You know, there's also market trends that you, you kind of see. I've, I've kind of felt like I'm a season behind. Like, we'll come up with an idea and be like, oh, we got to do this, like, next season. And then, like, GTs or someone else will come out with it. And I'm like, ah. But, uh, it's okay. That's not to say you can't do it better. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any any new ones coming up for the summer? We're, we're a week or two out from Strawberry Rhubarb. Whoa. Um, <laughs> you already have a fan. Yeah, which I'm, I, I'm really Strawberry. looking forward to as well. Yeah. Uh, we're also cool. going to do a, a reserve of 
a red Concord grape, and so that'll be a, a really small run to see how it does. Uh, we have pineapple coconut in the works wow. as well, and in the summertime, I, I think people are going to be really excited to finally have a lot of blood orange coming through, Ooh. which they're... We've done some small runs of Blood Orange, and for for those of us who know our our product well, um, they 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 go after it, and it goes away very quickly. Whoever yeah. gets a keg of that, it's gone. Mm. For those for those foodies who are listening, the Blood Orange is really exclusively grown in Italy. I mean, that's where like Blood Orange is actually a three fruit blend. Like when when people talk about Blood Orange, it's like a it's a I don't know the exact three varietal. three varietal blend, right? Really? And uh, the season is very short, and it's a very limited supply, which is why you see those little bottles, you know, those orange bottles in the grocery store that are ten dollars a pop or whatever. So, we uh, we we bit the bullet this year and decided we were going to buy uh, basically like a a train load of organic <laughs> uh, blood orange straight from Italy. Where you know, there's a lot of blood orange flavorings out there, but uh, when you when you have our blood orange this summer, it is the real deal, and it's going to be fantastic. I'm so excited. The other thing to add too, though, about special flavors. Uh, this weekend is likely the last time people will be able to fill up fresh growlers or blueberry. Uh, so blueberry was a hit this winter. Uh, we sold a ton of it and we appreciate those of you who had it. Uh, we're going to be out at VegFest uh, this Saturday uh, pouring up some fresh blueberry growlers and, and cups and bottles at the uh, the festival. So I don't know if uh, your, your listeners have heard about VegFest before, but uh, we'll be there and we're really excited to be pouring up some fresh blueberry. I will out. be there as well, so I'm coming back for some blueberries. It's a, <laughs> it was a great event last year and the winter one was also really yeah. fun. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to VegFest. And it's in a new location at... Bitwell. Bitwell. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. the Bill Wool Event Center is fantastic, and it's it's a two story event tomorrow, so it's packed with. Oh, I so did not know for that. those folks who don't know VegFest, it's a uh, festival of bringing folks together that are vegan or plant based lifestyles, um, and it's got everything from kombucha to clothing that's made with that from that lifestyle to soaps to uh, uh, environmental companies, and it's a really cool event. Um, it's going on, I believe, from uh, around lunchtime until early evening. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, it's a free event. You just show up. It's a great time. Last year there was like five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. From eleven to noon, you can buy a VIP ticket to get in, and then at for noon, early. Yeah, yeah, for early those early people right. that want to try. And it. Well, last year there was a line. That yeah. Was, I mean. It was a couple hundred people. It was very busy yeah. last year. So we're when you walk in, for those listening, uh, that you're going to hear this when it releases in the morning, uh, we're straight to the right, right by the bar, and you can literally stop by. We actually we have some other special flavors we're going to be sharing, too, that you'll have to come and actually show up and see. Uh, and then uh, you will fill growlers. We're pouring up cups that you can drink as you walk around the event and awesome. bottles that you can take home with you. So get out and check out VegFest tomorrow. So besides VegFest, unfortunately, I can't go to VegFest, but... Um, where can we find you, whether it's local, do you guys sell nationally, online? That's a good question. So we, it's hard, I always ask people, what neighborhood do you live in? Because yeah. we, people, you know, we are a small business, but we're, right now we have about 150 to 175 locations around Indiana where oh, you can wow. find our kombucha. Um, we also, so, and those are, uh, statewide and our partners are fantastic. So I'm assuming store locator on your website. Yep. So okay, you go to cool. circlecitykombucha.com, uh, not feelgoodsoda.com, circlecitykombucha.com. <laughs> uh, and you'll, you can find a location near you. Um, we're in grocery stores. We're in fantastic coffee partners, bars, brunch locations. It's just, again, to make kombucha normal, we need to be Everywhere, in places where yeah. kombucha wouldn't normally be. So I'll, it's really funny when you look at our website and people are like, really? You sell kombucha yeah. there? We're like, yeah, yeah we do. Um, 
We also do home delivery via marketwagon.com. Uh, are you familiar with MarketWagon? Yes. It's an online farmer's market, so you can go on there and buy from uh, Indiana local vendors statewide, and MarketWagon will deliver to your doorstep. And It's a minimal to no delivery fee depending on how much you buy, uh, and it's fresh from the farm or from the producer here in Indiana. So great, great group there, so marketwagon.com. We also do green bean delivery, uh, so people can buy our bottles on there. Uh, and we're adding new places all the time, so check out our social media or our website, and it's a good way to find out where you can get some fresh uh, Circle City kombucha. So we always ask our guests what your last bite was, since our name is City Bites. So it's typically the last thing you had. I'm assuming it was lunch or maybe a snack. A mat? Oh, I thought Skylar was going to go oh, first. Oh, Skylar, no. you can go first. <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, pass your way. Uh, Goodfellas Pizza, actually. I'm not sad. Wow, I wish that would have been my last bite. <laughs> Around like two in the morning, or <laughs> after, after boxing, we went and saw uh, Indiana Golden Gloves last night with our team. It was uh, yeah, it was a fun night. Cool. Yeah. My last bite was uh, what was it? I think I had a little bit of guacamole before I came over here, and it wasn't <laughs> homemade you know, or like one was, of those. It was like, like a store bought package, so I'm you know guiltily admitting it was some some prepackaged guacamole. It wasn't anything fresh, but I had to get something in my stomach. Human, yeah, it's okay. We understand. All right, Kate, what was yours? I had a balanced bowl for lunch from Duo's. Wow. Yes, um, I'm lucky enough to work in the building where Duo's has uh, one, if not their com- commercial kitchen. I think it's one of. But um, it's I've had a wonderful opportunity to try lots of Duo's food. They're also in City Market, so mm-hmm. I'm a big fan. Balanced bowl with tofu. <laughs> if you've never had tofu before, you have to go to Duo's. They'll change your mind. I've heard it's awesome. It's really amazing. Good, right? It's yeah. really good. Yeah. Okay, my last bite. I had the new blue magic bowl from Greenleaf. Millennial. <laughs> Greenleaf? Yeah. 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 And they have kombucha. Yeah. They do. Yeah. I took a photo of it and shared it today. Yeah, the Greenleaf team is fantastic. <laughs> right, right there in Monument Circle. So mm-hmm. Love it. I actually think I saw your photo. So I was, I was like, that looks really good. I need to go get one. Did you post it? Yeah. No, okay. I put it on my story. Okay. It's on my story. I, I was like, that looks really good. I'm going to go get one. Yeah. See the power of social media. Yeah, look at that. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt and Skylar, for joining us today. And we look forward, I look forward to seeing you guys at VegFest tomorrow and drinking some feel good soda. Yeah, walking around with some feel good soda. (laughs) Thank you very much for having us out today. Thank you.